Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Do want to remind those of you that uh, that are a part of our leadership team, meaning that you serve in some capacity of leadership or have a leadership role in some area. Uh, we'll be having our leadership meeting this evening at 4:30. Uh, here at the church in the new classroom at the end of the gym. So we'd love to have you come and be a part of that. Also, want to reiterate, <clears throat> if you uh, haven't signed up for School of Ministry, uh, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, be starting up here very soon. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. So you can see Sister Kathy after the service, and she'll help you uh, with that. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 8, <clears throat> starting with verse 8. <clears throat> I'm going to, I want to preach uh, you a message this morning on the anointing makes the difference. We've talked about the anointing changes everything. A few weeks ago. But I want to talk to you this morning about the anointing makes the difference. And I'm going to subtitle that the need for champions. How many of you know that we need champions in this culture that we're in today? We need men and women of God that we can look at and say, there goes a champion. Over the past several months, we've seen many of what we would consider champions. Some have been put in jail. Some have been convicted of abuse. We've seen others standing on the sideline while the national anthem is being played. A whole list of things there that people look at and call champions. But what is a champion? The church needs champions. We need champions in the house of God. We need men and women in the house of God that, that we can call champion. Why is that? Because a champion is one that has the ability to determine the outcome of a battle. That's what a champion is. He's one that has the ability to determine the outcome of a battle. That's why we need champions in the house of God. We need champions in our homes. We need men in our homes that, that are able to determine the outcome of a battle. We need mothers in our home that are able to determine the outcome of a battle. Men and women of God that know how to pray, that know how to walk under the leadership of Holy Spirit. We need champions. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 8. I'm going to pick it up kind of in the middle of this story today. It's the story of Goliath. And uh, to save time, I just want to get to main points that I want to share with you this morning. So we're picking up in uh, verse uh, 8. Uh, after uh, 
David, or after uh, the Bible says that the Philistines had gathered and uh, the children of Israel had gathered, they were on one side of the church and the others was on this side of the church. And there was a valley in between. And they had gathered to fight, but this was going to be a different battle. It wasn't going to be like the battles of before when they would line all their warriors up with swords drawn and spears out and, and bows uh, ready to fire. And everybody would just start shooting and cutting and, and stabbing. It was going to be a different battle. This battle was going to be one like it is the only battle that we see uh, like it in Scripture. It was going to be, and the outcome of it was going to determine uh, the servitude of one of the other groups. Whoever won this battle would be the, uh, the other would have to serve them. The, the difference on this battle was that the enemy had a champion. But believe it or not, the children of God did not have a champion. The enemy had to champion Goliath. That was, that was trained. He was a professional. And more than likely, he had determined the outcome of other battles. He was their champion. But God's people had no champion. How many of you know that we in 2019 are facing battles that we have never ever had to face before not only are we facing battles in our homes in our families in our churches in our schools our communities but we're facing battles in our culture that we've never had to face before where's the champions and so what I'm gonna do today is I'm going to tell you about something that will make the difference in the battle. And it's the reason that I believe this morning that more people are not rising up to champion status, and that is the anointing. Y'all want me to read so you can sit down? All right. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 8. He stood, talking about Goliath, and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him, and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Listen to this. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Now, Lord, this morning, this is the word that I feel that you have given us for this day. Help me, Holy Spirit, to deliver it in a manner that will be pleasing to you. Father, that at the end of this time together, that lives will be changed, hearts will be opened to receive you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your seat. Thank you so much for standing. There are three things that I want to bring out in this passage of Scripture, verses 8 through 11, that we just read. And the first one is this. I want you to notice what the Philistine giant said to the people of Israel, to the warriors of Israel and Saul. He said, this day I defy the ranks of your people. That word defy 
simply means this. It's got several meanings, but one of the meanings in Hebrew is the word defy means to expose. It means to expose by stripping away. So what Goliath did that day as he stood before the army of Israel is he exposed by stripping them of their pride, stripping them of their national pride, and he defied the armies of Israel. But I want you to get this picture. What we see in this story is the armies of Israel standing over here on one side. Saul, their leader, is standing in front of them. In the middle of that is this Goliath, this above nine foot tall giant of a man, this trained warrior, this professional soldier standing in the middle and over on the other side is the Philistine army, ready to attack. But over here on this side, the armies of Israel and Saul. The Bible says that when Goliath came out and began to speak to them, that they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That word dismay means that they were broken down and they were discouraged. Why were they broken down and discouraged? Because Saul, first of all, was backslidden. Saul had disobeyed God. He had gone against the commandments of God. And the anointing of God had been lifted from his life. As the leadership goes, so goes the army. Because when the leader fails to walk in the anointing, then the army will also fail to walk in the anointing. The importance of that is, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I need to recognize that God's anointing only will work and only will move through people that are obedient to his word. And when we lose the anointing, we will lose our ability to stand in the face of our enemies. I know this morning that this, this message is not liked by hell because I can feel it up here this morning. I know that the enemy does not like this message this morning, but I also know this, that there's somebody here today that you're gonna get what I'm saying and revelation is gonna come to you and you're going to recognize the power of anointing in your life. Saul and the army of Israel uh, was, was walking in fear, meaning they were dismayed and they were bro broken down and beat down, and they were greatly afraid. It, I looked up that phrase, greatly afraid, and it does mean to fear, but it also means to be awed at something. It simply means to be fearful, to be awed by something, but also to be reverent of what you're fearful of. And I, and I began to think about it, and I said, God, what, what are you trying to, to say? And the Lord began to deal with me about our culture and about the army of Israel and Saul that they looked at Goliath and they were afraid and they were fearful of Goliath. But yet as they looked at him and they were fearful of him, they envied the fact that they did not have what he's got, what he had. Now I want to stop right there and I want to take you back to chapter 16. I read this verse a couple of weeks ago and the Lord just wouldn't let me drop it. And so I went back to it the other day as I was studying. And this is, this is what Holy Spirit began to deal with me about. It's the story. Uh, you don't have to turn there unless you want to. It's in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 13. The Bible is telling the story of when Samuel came down to anoint a king of Israel. 
And you know the process that he went through all of Jesse's sons, except David. David was the youngest out of uh, eight children. And the Bible says that when David came in, that Samuel took the horn of oil and poured it over the head of David, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. The Bible says this, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. And that's the ESV, English Standard Version. King James Version says that when he anointed him, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. In other words, uh, something was started at the moment that Saul, uh, Samuel anointed David with oil. Something began in David's life that had not previously been there. The English Standard Version says that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. In other words, the anointing that came upon David through the oil that was poured upon his head, it changed him. He wasn't the same anymore. He was different. He was changed by that anointing. Let me tell you something about the anointing. We think of the anointing, and when we think of the anointing, we think of somebody speaking in tongues. We think of somebody laying hands on somebody. We think of somebody running the aisles, or we think of somebody shouting and all of that. And those are just uh, effects of the anointing many times. But because of those, these ideas that we have when we think about the anointing, we've allowed the anointing to slip out from under our lives many times. And we fail to recognize the reason that I need the anointing. The anointing of God, catch this, is the operating system that God uses to perform every work that he will perform on earth. You know what an operating system is. It is what your phone, it is what your computer, it's what your iPad works from. Every electronic gadget has some type of operating system that causes it to be effective. The anointing is that operating system that God uses to work and to perform everything that he does on earth. It is not all about speaking the right words. It is not all about thinking the right thoughts. It's not all about believing the right thing. You can say the right word, you can think the right thoughts, and you can believe the right thing and still lose the battle. You see, what we have seen in our society today. And all of these things are good and they're important. It's important for me to line my words up with God's word. It's, it's important. It's important for me to align my thinking up with what God's word says. To say the right words and to think the right thoughts. It's important that I walk with a certain belief system. That's important. But listen, all of these together are as individuals are not sufficient when it comes to me winning the battle. Because see, if that was the case, then all of this would be dependent upon me. All of my battles and the outcome would be dependent upon whether or not I'm thinking right, whether or not I'm talking right, or whether or not I'm believing right. That goes beyond your ability because you cannot always think like you need to think. And you can't always talk like you need to talk. And you can't always believe like you need to believe. You see, if that was the case, everybody would get a victory every once in a while. 
We would all be victorious if I thought right, talked right, and believed right, if that was all there is to it. But listen, the operating system of God says that, that, that those things are just aspects of what you need to do. What powers those things is the anointing of God. What powers the belief, what powers the thinking, what powers the words that come out of your mouth is the anointing. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. You see, but many times in our society we think, and, and we've heard it said, and we watch uh, television, and we see uh, these evangelists, some of them that come on and say, you've got to say the right words. You've got to line your word up uh, in the right manner if you want to see God move, and that is true. But, but what they leave out is that it's the anointing that will move those words, and it is the anointing that will move your thoughts and, and all of that. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, we need the anointing, ladies and gentlemen. You need the anointing in your life. Listen, the anointing will cause a person that is uneducated, that doesn't know all the right words to say, uh, to rise up and become a spokesman that will speak loudly for the kingdom of God. The anointing will cause an individual that is weak and has no power to all of a sudden rise up and do battle with the armies of God uh, against the armies of the enemy and will win and be victorious. The anointing is what uh, in the New Testament took men like Peter and, and John that were uneducated, that, that had never had any formal training. The anointing is what took those men and, and raised them up and used them to change the world. You see, because the anointing is something that goes beyond my ability. It goes outside of the perimeters of my ability. When I walk in the flesh, I am doing what only my flesh can do. When I walk under the power of the flesh, I can only go as far as my hand will reach. I can only see as far as my eye can see. I can only hear and, and respond to what I hear with my hearing. But when I begin to get in the anointing, the anointing will take me farther than my senses can. So let's look at this thing with David. The Bible says that David came down that day. David had apparently, after uh, playing the harp for Saul and trying to calm the demonic spirits that were oppressing Saul's life, David had apparently gone back home and was again tending his father's sheep. The Bible says in verse 17 that Jesse said to David, his son, I want you to get some food together and take it uh, out to the battlefield for your brothers and take it and, and give it to them. And he gave him some stuff to take to their commander, which was Saul. And he sent David out to the battlefield to, to take this food. David uh, was just a delivery service. I can see him riding out across the wilderness on his donkey with one of those Domino Pizza signs stuck on the back of it. That's what I think about when I think about what David was doing. He was delivering some pizza to his brothers on the battlefield. And we read that and we say, oh, that's, that's all there is to it. But here's one reason, guys, that we need the anointing. Because the anointing will cause those around you to become catalysts that will move you into the place that God wants you to get. Think about this. Jesse was David's father. The Bible says in this passage of scripture, or a little bit before verse 17, that Jesse was old and he was up in age. But who would have thought that Jesse, Jesse, this old man, stricken with age, 
not able to do a lot anymore. But who would have thought that, they, that Jesse would be the one that would make a decision that he thought that he was doing on his own? He would make a decision that, that would call David and say, David, take this pizza to your brothers on the battlefield. It's quite possible that David had done this before, but this time was different because David had just been anointed as king over the nation of Israel. So things were different now. There was something that was moving in and around David's life that was positioning him, that was causing him to wind up in the right place at the right time. People were being placed around David's life that David didn't even know himself, but they were divine placements by God that was going to be used by the hand of God to set David and to put him in position that God could use him. The reason that I need anointing and the reason that you need anointing, sir, and I'm not talking about just in church. I'm talking about being an entrepreneur. I'm talking about being a leader on your job. I'm talking about those that have businesses this morning that you are struggling and you're trying to figure out how to make your business more successful. You're trying to figure out how to make your career successful and all of that. Listen, if you will understand that God is not only concerned about your soul. He is concerned about everything that goes on in your life. It is God's will that you be successful, sir. It is God's desire that you have uh, the ability uh, to get increase in your life. And yes, it is God's will for you to be prosperous in your life. Why? Because God knows that if you are prospering, his kingdom will prosper. And that is the reason that you need something. It, listen, the anointing is the edge that people of uh, uh, other people don't have. The anointing is my edge that the world doesn't have. The anointing is my edge that other businesses doesn't have. The anointing is my edge that other careers don't have. You see, it is the anointing. So I'm telling you this morning, and I believe that I'm preaching to somebody here today that you need, you have been praying about the edge. You have been praying about that little thing that would cause it to go further and get bigger than you ever imagined. And I'm telling you today, it is the anointing in your life. The anointing of God came rushing on David's life. And immediately, the next chapter, we see where uh, David is, is going uh, into uh, uh, an area that he has never been before. And he's facing something that he's never faced before. But he's not doing it like he did before. He's doing it now under the anointing. It's amazing to me how God used so many different things to get David on that battlefield that day. Jesse was one of those things that he used to get David there. The little small, insignificant things in our lives will all of a sudden begin to take on new meaning. The little small meeting that we have, the little small bump into somebody that, that uh, we never knew before, uh, the little small uh, thing that, will, that somebody calls us by accident that we didn't even know, and all of a sudden something grows out of that, the little small and in insignificant things that happen to us on a daily basis when I'm pumping gas and somebody pulls up on the other side and, and you get a conversation going, and all of a sudden you're exchanging phone numbers, and it's a contact that will be with you for the rest of your life. It was small to you and it was insignificant to you. But because there's an anointing that's around your life, God said, I've got somebody that while you're pumping gas in your tank, uh, they're down on the interstate and all of a sudden they say, oh my goodness, I got to stop, get some gas. And they pull in there and it was a divine appointment that God said, because of the anointing that's around your life, I'm going to bring people in into your life that are going to help get you to where I want you to go. 
Could it be that that is one reason that the body of Christ today is like the nation of Israel and we're standing back and we're dismayed at our enemies and we're struggling with fear at our enemies because we have lost the edge that God so graciously gave us on the day of Pentecost. He gave me an edge over my enemy. But you see, we made it a Pentecostal thing. We made it a charismatic thing. Well, can I scratch all that out today? It is not a Pentecostal thing. It is not a charismatic thing. It is a church thing. It is a body thing. The body of Christ needs the anointing. We need, we need the anointing. Listen, David loaded everything on his donkey put his little domino pizza delivery sign on the back end and headed out to the battlefield. David gets out to the battlefield. Can I tell you something this morning? There are gifts, there are gifts that are in this building today. There are gifts in this building today that God wants to use to build the kingdom of God, the church. But there are also gifts in this room today that God is wanting to use you, sir, or you, ma'am, to be successful in your field, in your career, so that the light of the gospel can shine through your life, in your job, and only in your business. Let me share this with you. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16 says this. A man's gift. Everybody say a man's gift. A man's gift. If you think I'm being gender specific, specific, you can say a woman's gift. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great people. That means this, that God can take an old country bumpkin with a fifth grade education and raise him up. I never will forget years ago, we were in camp meeting and there was a preacher that came and preached at our camp meeting and he gave this testimony. He said, when I uh, was out in the world, he said, I was uneducated. And he said, I couldn't read nor write. He said, I never went to school and I never got an education. He said, I worked with my hands all of my life and I couldn't read nor write. He said, God came into my life and radically saved him and, and delivered him from alcoholism and set him free. And he said, he said, I struggled because I couldn't read the Bible. And he said, my wife would sit up until late at night reading the Word of God to me and reading scriptures to me. And he said, I got so hungry uh, for the Word of God that I began to pray. And I said, God, I want to know your Word. I want to hear your Word. And, and uh, as that man said, as he began to hunger, he said the anointing of God began to move over his life. And he said, all of a sudden, I would open the Bible and, and I would begin to read the Word. The Word would just begin to come alive. And he said, I started reading the Word. And this man stood uh, uh, in front of that congregation that night. And he could, he could quote verbatim the word of God. And he said God supernaturally gave him the ability to read. And, and he said, I can read now. I, I can write now. And he said, I never went to school for it. He said it was just the anointing. Can I tell you something this morning? That when God puts a gift in an individual, if that individual will submit that gift to him, God will take that gift in you and he will set you before me and women that you never imagined that you would be able to set before. God will put you in places that you never imagined that you would be able to be in before. Why? Because a man's gift. Yeah. 
Listen, the Bible says that David went and he was on the battlefield. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 23. The Bible says that David was there. He had come out now and he was talking to his brethren, his brothers, and those in the army. Verse 23 says that as David was talking, behold, there came up the champion. David, up until this time, had never met Goliath. He had never laid eyes on Goliath. He really didn't even know what was going on. But while he was carrying on conversation with other men, the Bible says that there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistine. And he began to talk according to the same words. And listen, and David heard them. Verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. I want to bring something out here. The Bible says that David was talking. Goliath comes up and begins to openly and verbally defy the armies of God. And the Bible says that David heard what Goliath said. But the next verse says that all the men of Israel, when they saw the giant, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Let me give you just what the Lord spoke to me. David heard the giant before he saw the giant. David heard before he saw. What is the significance of that? Here's what the anointing will do. The anointing will cause you to hear the answer before you ever see the problem. When the anointing of God is working in your life, the, the Lord will cause the answer to your problem to come before you ever see the problem. When David then saw Goliath, the Bible says that he didn't run with fear. He didn't pull back with fear. But the Bible says that when David saw the giant, when he saw Goliath, there was a righteous anger that rose up in him. And he said this, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of God? Notice the difference. When the, when the trained army when the trained soldiers of Israel saw Goliath, they called out. But here's a little shepherd boy that had never been trained in professional warfare. But because of the anointing, because of the anointing of God on his life, what he heard while ago didn't cause fear. So now what he sees causes faith to rise up in him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, perhaps there are those that are here today and you have been running from your enemy. You've been afraid of your enemy. Can I tell you something today? That if you will get under the anointing of God, what you're hearing from your enemy will simply cause a righteous anger to rise up in you because you realize that the devil is not out uh, to destroy anything but that that's on the inside of you. Listen, if we will simply begin to walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it will change the way that we look at things. It will change the way that we see things and we'll not see them after the flesh anymore. That's the reason that David was different from every man on that battlefield. Think about it. That's the reason that David 
was different from every soldier on that battlefield that day. And there were hundreds of men that were well-trained soldiers. Saul was there as king of the nation of Israel, but yet David was different. He wasn't like everybody else. He didn't react like everybody else. And, and listen, we've talked about David being a warrior and all that, but listen, if you go back to chapter 16 where the Spirit of God rushed on David, it wasn't because of David. It was because of the anointing of God that dwelt in David's life and that was on David's life that caused him to see things differently. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked about out of Acts chapter uh, 4 or Acts chapter 3. We talked about uh, how that uh, Peter and John went down to the gate beautiful. Uh, and, and the man lame from his mother's womb uh, was laying there. And we talked about that probably for years and years, this man, he was 40 years old, and he had laid, been laid there at the gate, beautiful. And, and no telling how many times even Peter and John had walked by this same man on their way into the temple to pray. But today was different. This time was different. Why was it different? It was because they had just come out of the upper room. Where the Bible says, by the way, that on the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together in one mind and one accord. And there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Could it be that same rushing that David experienced back in 1 Samuel when the Spirit of God rushed on him? And, and the anointing came on him to deal with Goliath. Peter and John saw this man there was something different that day because the anointing on your life will cause you to see things that you have previously overlooked and you've not even paid any attention but the anointing will cause you to see through different eyes the anointing will cause you to react differently listen the bible says that david went on down in first samuel 17 and verse 28 that he comes up to his brother Eliab, his oldest brother. The Bible says that David came up and uh, spoke to men and that Eliab got angry with him, began to degrade him and be began to uh, chastise him and all of that and said, why don't you go back and watch those few sheep of your daddy's and, and all that and, and try to embarrass David and try to get him to turn around and go back home. But the Bible says that David looked at him and said, there, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason that I'm here? Is there not a purpose that I'm here? Can I tell you something this morning? The anointing will empower you to stand in the face of people that try to degrade you and try to put you down and try to turn you away from your purpose. The anointing will give you the ability, young men and young ladies, to stand in the face of people that you have faced or will face that will try to tear you down and tell you that you're worthless and try to tell you that you will never accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. The anointing will cause you to stand in the face of those people and stand flat-footed and say, I'm here for a purpose. I've got, there's a reason that I'm where I am today. You see, because I believe about this time that David was getting the revelation that I'm not just on this battlefield by accident. I believe that David was getting the understanding that I'm here for purpose. David said, is there not a cause? And he turned around and walked away from his brother and he went to other. He was persistent with his cause. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, Verse 20, he said, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One. That word unction simply means you have an anointing from God 
and you know all things. And then in verse 27, he said, But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches, teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Everybody, everybody say anointing. anointing. I've got an anointing. You've got an anointing. God wants to stir that anointing in your life. God wants to use that anointing in your life to set you in the right place, to cause you to react in the right manner to things that you've been running from. God wants to use that anointing in your life to put you in position where he can bless you. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about, Sister Sandy, you guys go ahead and come. The Bible says this, that Saul, the king, heard David talking. He heard David talking about wanting to fight this giant. Can I tell you something today? You might have struggled and battled to get to where you are today. But there's going to be a time when those that have opposed you and that have tried to stop you, they are going to run out of resources. They're going to run out of ways to deal with their enemy. And that is when they will come to you and say, look, you want to deal with this? I'm going to give it to you. And that is the place where God will say, okay, I've been waiting on that. I've anointed you for this time. I've anointed you for this purpose. Now you're, you're about to step on a national stage. Listen to this. The Bible says that David was there. Saul went to him and said, okay, you want to fight the battle? I'm going to give it to you because I'm scared to death. I don't have the anointing. We don't have the ability. You say you do, so I'm going to give you the, the, the power to do it. And he began to take his armor off, took his helmet off, and put it on David. And he began to suit David up, girded his sword around David, uh, and, and was about to send him out in the battlefield. Can I tell you something this morning? Under normal circumstances, David would have took that armor and headed out to the battlefield, I believe. Under normal circumstances, you will take things that the world puts on you and you will go out and try to do battle for the Lord. But can I tell you something? Because of the anointing on David's life, what Saul put on him, the armor that Saul put on David, it wasn't comfortable to David. Here's the thing. The anointing of God on your life will cause things that the world would like to put on you to be uncomfortable. What Saul was putting on David was the traditions of how the battles had always been fought. But God said, I'm not going to fight according to, to traditions. Because when God's anointing is on an individual's life, you won't need the traditional weapons of warfare. Because the anointing of God will do more with that little piece of leather and two strings that you've got in your pocket and a little stone that you pick up off the ground than a sword, a spear, a helmet, and a shield could ever do. You see, what God was doing in David's life was this. David was walking under the anointing of God, and God was raising him up. God was letting everybody know, this is my anointing. This is the one that I've chosen to be king. Would you stand with me, please? The Bible says that David put off Saul's armor. He took it off. He said, I've not tried this. It's not been proven. 
I can't go out on the battlefield with it. Listen, the world probably looked at David that day. So what is wrong with you? Have you lost your mind? Are you going to try to do battle with this champion, Goliath? And you're taking off the armor? See, quit expecting the world to understand what God's doing in your life. Quit expecting the world to, to know and to understand what God is doing in your life because the world can't. They never have and they never will understand what God's doing in your life. Just be who you are. Be what God's called you to be. Now talk talk to you about the need for the anointing and the need for champions. Champions that are walking under the anointing. You say, but pastor, how do I get there? You get there by prayer. You get there by recognizing that the anointing is not just for the preacher. It's not for the Sunday school teacher. But the anointing is for you. Because everything that you do, listen, if you want to be a school teacher, you go to college. You spend time being trained. If you want to be a fireman, you go to fireman school. And they train you how to fight fires. If you want to be a police officer, you go to college. And they train you how to be a police officer. They give you the tools that's needed to do what you want to do. It's the same way with the anointing. You have to allow God to give you the tools that you need to effectively fight the battle. As they sing this morning, I want to open the altar up. And I wonder how many people in here today talking about business people I'm talking about men and women of God I'm talking about young ladies and young men that you recognize I've got some Goliaths to fight I need the anointing I need the supernatural strength that only God can give to fight the battles that I'm facing because God wants to take you where you've not been before.